was a pretty great day, but I think I talked too much. I bet he doesn't ask me out again. He seemed really nice and fun. I'm so glad he called me. God, I'm up for whatever you have for me. I don't even know why I'm interviewing for this job. Everyone else here looks like they have it all together. I'm sure I won't get it. I can't wait to interview today. I really believe I have a lot to offer. Even if I don't get this one, I know God has a plan. What am I doing here? I don't have anything interesting to say. I just want to go home and get in my sweats. I'm really looking forward to making some new friends. Even though this is out of my comfort zone, I'm trusting God will bring something awesome out of this party. Succeeding at the big things has a lot to do with the little things. Thoughts matter. Small things, big difference. Well, I'm so thankful to have all of you with us today at all of our Live Church locations, those of you in our partnering network churches all over the country and beyond, and all of you on the other sides of computer screens in maybe hotel rooms or at your house or coffee shops, at Church Online, we love you all so, so much. Today, we are in the second part of a four-part message series called Small Things, Big Difference. If you missed last week, we talked about the reality that sometimes when we look at somebody's life and they have it all together, uh, they've accomplished something that it seems to be out of our reach, they're good at something that we don't think we could ever be good at, sometimes we're incredibly intimidated and think, I can't do those big things that could help me accomplish the big things. And we zeroed in on a key thought that will take us through this whole message series. It's very, very important that it's not often the big things, but if you're taking notes, it's so often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. I want to say it again because this is so important to embrace this truth, that it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. In fact, last week we zeroed in on one of the smallest things I can think of, and I ask you all to prayerfully seek God about one small word, one word that would drive the direction of your upcoming year. And I'm curious if I could get all of our churches to participate. How many of you would say you did that? You asked God and you now have a word. Lift up your hands right now, lift them up, lift them up high. Fantastic, man, hands all over the place. Now, for those of you that don't have a word, I've got your word for you, just write it down. Your word is procrastination. That's <laughs> your word, because you could have done that. Now, I'll just, I'll assume you weren't here last week and you, you missed it. Small things make a big difference. And we're talking about, in the upcoming weeks, we're gonna talk about our thoughts, which seem small, our words, which may seem small, and our actions. But you have to embrace the truth that our thoughts matter so much because our thoughts influence our words, which influence our actions, which influence our habits, which in the end end up creating a destiny. And so today, I want to talk to you about our thoughts, which are so important in determining who we become. In fact, Solomon said this in Proverbs 23. He said, as a person thinks in his heart, what happens? Say it with me. So he is. As he thinks in his heart, 
so he is. I like to say it this way. I like to say that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Don't miss the power of this. As a person thinks in his heart, so he is. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. In other words, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think life is going to be bad, it probably will be bad. If you think you don't have anything to offer, you probably won't make a difference. On the other hand, if you think you can, you probably will. If you believe that there are opportunities out there, you will see those opportunities. If you believe that God is for you and with you, you will sense his power and his presence because our thoughts matter. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so that's why to build kind of a foundation for our study today, I want to encourage you to do what I call a thought audit, a thought audit. I want you to think about what you think about. Think about what you think about. So let's go kind of think about last week, and I'm going to show you in a moment a um, uh, kind of a little chart that's got some polar opposites in thoughts. In fact, let's go ahead and, and pull this up, and we're going to look at uh, worried thoughts and ask yourself, are most of your thoughts more kind of focused on worry, or are they peaceful? Then I want you to circle a number in a moment that will kind of tell you where uh, you might be. Then we'll look at negative thoughts or positive thoughts. Are you mostly negative or positive? And then we'll look at worldly or eternal. And I want you to think about what you think about. So let's start with kind of the, the first row and before you circle a number, let me just kind of help you out. Uh, would you say that you're more on the, the worried side? Think about last week. Were you maybe worried about your kids or worried about your job perhaps or maybe the health of somebody or maybe you're worried about uh, money because the credit cards came due from last month and you're like, ah, what was I thinking? You know, and you're worried. Maybe your cat ran away from home and you're worried he might come back. I don't know what it would be, but, but you find yourself wor more worried. If it is, I want you to circle a number on that side. Or the other side, um, you're incredibly peaceful. You're just secure in the promises of God. That doesn't mean that you're not active in your life, but, but there's this supernatural peace that goes beyond everyone else's ability to even understand, and you're kind of just bathed in this, in this peaceful presence, and even when something bad happens, you kind of just believe God is still in charge, and it doesn't freak you out. Where would you fall on that scale? Circle a number, and go ahead and do it right now that um, helps determine where you might fall. Okay, let's talk about negative versus positive. Think about what you think about. Um, some of you, you, got, you kind of have the spiritual gift of negativity, right? You can find out what's wrong before you ever see what's right. Yeah, you're uh, easily critical of people. You kind of assume the worst a lot of times. Um, you can be very discontented. You, you know, you think, okay, if I was only married, I'd be happy. Then you're married. If only I had kids, then I'd be happy. You have kids. If only I had different kids, okay, then I'd be <laughs> happy, you know. And so you find yourself more on the negative side. Or you might be on the positive side. You think about what you think about, and you just believe the best about people. 
when you walk into a church, rather than picking it apart, you see where God's working, and you say, wow, that's a really special thing. I, I like what's going on there. You, you may have a difficult day, but you just believe that God is good, and he's for you, and that he's going to work in all things to bring about good, and you're more on the positive side. Would you say you're more on the, the negative, or you're more on the positive? And then go ahead and, and, and circle one. Let's talk about worldly versus eternal for a moment. Um, worldly. Do you find that um, your thoughts are consumed with things of this life and not eternity? You're thinking about the kind of car you drive, what kind of shirts you're going to buy to match the hat that you got that was on sale. You know, uh, what are people going to think about me if I say this, do this, drive this, go here? Do they like me? Do they like my duck face selfie? You know, what do people think about me? And you find yourself, not bad things, but just thinking about more worldly things versus eternal things. Do you wake up thinking about how you can use your life to bring glory to God? Do you think about people that are maybe far from God and your heart aches for them, and you think, what can I do to help show them the love of God? You may have some things, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you're asking, how can I leverage the possessions that I have to make a difference in people's lives and to impact people uh, with the love of God? Do you think more about worldly things, or do you think more about eternal things and go ahead and, and circle something that uh, uh, corresponds with where you are. Good? Okay. If you did not circle a 10, a 10, and a 10, then guess what? This message is absolutely and completely for you. It is. Why? Because our thoughts determine who we become. Our life always moves in the direction of our strongest thoughts. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. And if you're consumed with worldly thoughts and worried thoughts and negative thoughts, then that means you're moving in that direction. If, on the other hand, you're consumed with peaceful thoughts and positive thoughts and eternal thoughts, that means you're moving in that direction. But let's be honest. Most of us would say we didn't put a 10, 10, 10 down on the piece of paper because our culture, our world, our friends, what we see, it drives us toward the wrong side of that scale, doesn't it? There are so many things that just cry out, worry about me, be negative about this, think about what doesn't last rather than what does. And that's one of the reasons I believe that God inspired the Apostle Paul to write this recorded in Romans 12, 2. He said, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by doing what? All of our churches, let's say it aloud, by changing the way you think. Don't miss the power of this. Let God transform you into a new person, say it again, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You will become like your greatest thoughts. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So you might ask, Craig, how do I change my thoughts? And I'm so glad you asked because I want to show you a couple of portions of Scripture and bring out two thoughts that can change the way we think. How do you change the way you think? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. We're going to learn to capture destructive thoughts. If we're consumed with worried thoughts, negative thoughts, um, earthly or worldly thoughts, we're going to capture those 
destructive thoughts. And this is the way Paul taught us to do it in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. He said this to the Corinthian church who, unfortunately, they were believing so many lies. He said, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, if you're a Christian, this is really good news. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. We've got supernatural weapons available to us. He said, on the contrary, our weapons, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Greek word translated as power is the word dunamis. We get the word dynamite from this word. It's got the explosive power of God to demolish, do away with strongholds. Uh, the Greek word translated as strongholds is the word akamora. And it means, very literally, it means a prisoner locked by deception. In other words, if you think of like an old-timey castle with a dungeon, that's kind of what an akamora is. It's when you are locked up by the wrong and false thoughts. Think about this. What is our spiritual enemy's greatest weapon? Satan? He's called the father of what? He's called the father of lies. And so what he tries to do is try, tries to convince us of things that are not true in our thought processes so that we can build a life on a lie rather than on the truth because when you know the truth, Jesus said the truth will set you free. So he says in verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We destroy those things. And what do we do? Everybody read it aloud with me. Paul said, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I love this. We demolish the lies and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. So when we think about the wrong things, I, I can't make a difference, I'm no good, I'm a screw up, I'm never gonna amount to anything. No, 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 okay? We take those thoughts captive and we're gonna make them obedient to Christ. Give you an example. Um, we have some friends, the Yates, who created an app. Um, you can get this app on your mobile device. It's called Truth or Trash, and it's an app designed to help children discern in their minds what is true and what is trash. So it's pretty cool. The, if you have the app, a little slide will come up and your child will have to say true or trash. It might say, um, you'll never make a difference in the world. And then you have to have an attitude and go, oh baby, that's trash, and just put it like that. Because it's no fun if you just go trash, you gotta have an attitude. It might say, God doesn't love you. Oh, so trash, and then you just trash it and you're training your children to discern what is true and what is trash. Um, you are special because you're created in the image of God. Mmm, that's true, okay? And it's true or trash. And that's what we learn to do. Whenever your mind says, you're a screw up, God can never use you, you're, you're, in, you're in trouble. No, 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 actually I may have messed up, but the good news is true. God is working in all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is gonna use this to conform me to the image of his son. Oh man, I can never overcome this. I've, I've been addicted for so long and I've tried and I've prayed and I can never. No, 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 that's trash. True is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of my testimony. And so we take the thoughts that are untrue, we capture them and we make them obedient to Christ. We capture destructive thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Then the second thing that Paul teaches us is very simple. We capture the wrong thoughts, and the second thing we do is we fix our thoughts on spiritual things. 
We focus on the eternal. We see the good. We focus on spiritual things. Paul, from a prison, okay, don't miss this. He was in prison when he wrote this, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Read it with me. He said, fix your thoughts on what is bad, what could happen that would be horrible, what is not going well in your life. Did he say that? No, 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 I think I read it wrong. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then, verse 9, the God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts on what is true, noble, right. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we capture the lies and we focus our thoughts on that which is true. We focus our thoughts on spiritual things. I'll tell you how this impacted my life. Changing the way I think literally transformed my destiny. And that's not an overstatement. Because as I think so I will become, my life is always going to move in the direction of my strongest thoughts. And let me tell you a lie that I believed for a long time. Uh, I've been preaching now for about 23 years. I was in my early 20s when I started. And um, I tried to do what in the church world we call an invitation or kind of the old school term like an altar call. If you're not a church person, that's where at the end of the message the, the pastor or the preacher will invite people to turn from their sins and surrender their lives to the life-changing power of Christ. And so the first time I did it, man, I jacked it up so bad, it was horrible. I mean, you could have been trying to go to heaven and I would have talked you out of it. I got so, I mean, I was like, I'd have made you lost. It was like, I, I botched it. And so in my mind, I believed I'm not good at that. I am not good at leading people to, I mean, I can talk to one person all day long, but I'm just not good at this. I am not, I don't have the gift of evangelism. And so I believed that. I, and I was so afraid to do it that I would preach and that I would have one of my three friends come up and do the altar call for me. Jay, um, Jerry, or Todd, my friends would come up and wouldn't, wouldn't do that part. I was so afraid of it. Well, one weekend, my pastor, Nick, um, was preaching. And at the end, he leaned over to me. I was sitting up in the thrones because that's what we had at the church. There these big chairs, and he said, and now Craig's going to come forward and invite you to follow Christ. I was like, we didn't talk about this beforehand. What are you thinking? And I'm like, God could never use someone who just thought a bad word right before he's supposed to invite them to, you know, like, ah! And, you know, we had, and, and so he's like, come on up. And I was like, oh. And I, I stepped. I didn't have time to think. I didn't have time to really pray. And so I just closed my eyes, and it was like a one-sentence prayer, like, this has got to be you, God. And at that moment, it's like I had, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, where just like memories flashed through my mind in just a split second. And I remembered the person that I was before Christ and how, how horrible of a person I was, dark and sinful. And then I remembered what Christ did in my life. And suddenly... It just hit me. If he could do that for me, he could do it for anybody. And I preached the gospel and invited people to come forward and turn from their sins. And we had never seen anything like this in our church. The rows emptied and the altar was so full of people crying and crying out to God. I, I broke into tears. It was the most amazing thing. And, and afterwards, 
we went back into my, my pastor's office, and I was like, white as a ghost. And he came in with this just, just cheesy grin on his face, like a father that's kid just hit a home run. He said, I knew God was going to do that through me. How would you know? I didn't know. How would you know? He said, Craig, he said, that's who you are. I never will forget it. He said, you are an evangelist. He said, I've never seen anyone better one-on-one -on -one telling people about Jesus. He said, if you can do it one-on-one, -on -one, you can do it one-on-1,000, one-on-10,000. He said, that's not what you do. It's who you are. God wired you to be an evangelist. Now, I'll tell you at this moment, there is nothing I do that feels more comfortable and simultaneously supernatural than inviting people to know Christ because that's not what I do, it's who I am, it's who I am. And once I renewed my mind from believing the lie, I can't do that, I'm not, I can't do that, to this is who God created me to be. It changed the course of my destiny. Don't miss the power of this. Some of you, you're one thought away from having your life totally and completely changed. When you stop believing the lies of the evil one and embracing the truth of our good God, because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You fix your mind on spiritual things. Now, some of you are gonna say, well, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I'm not a pastor like you, okay? You're a pastor, you glow in the dark. I don't, I'm just a regular person. Okay? No, 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 no. If you're a follower of Christ, you can see God working if you look for it. You will find what you're looking for. You can always find what you're looking for. Take the difference between a buzzard and a hummingbird, right? What does a buzzard do? A buzzard flies around looking for what? Looking for dead things. Dead squirrel, huh? jackpot, okay? That's what a buzzard will find. What does a hummingbird find? Hummingbird, what does a hummingbird find? Nectar, sweet things. Every day there are dead things to be found and sweet things to be found. But you will find what you are looking for. If you look for spiritual things, you will find spiritual things. Just like I see scarves everywhere. It's crazy, I see scarves Everywhere. Three weeks ago, I had never noticed a scarf in my entire life. I knew what one is, but I'd never noticed one until Christmas morning. Amy gave my three daughters scarves, and because I'm so quick, I said, Wow, scarves must be new and in style. And one of my daughters said, No, 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 they've been around for a long time. I'm like, Really? Wow, now I notice them everywhere. Scarf, 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 scarf. They're everywhere. In the last service, I saw a guy with a scarf, which scared me, but maybe so. I mean, who knows? I might even wear a scarf. I might wear, don't miss this, a chevron scarf. That's how good I am. I even know what chevron is, because for 45 years, I thought it was a gas station. I had no idea that it would actually be a scarf. I see them everywhere. You look for spiritual things, and you will see them everywhere. How do you do that? Let me tell you how to do it. Really, really simple. When you wake up in the morning, set the tone of your day with something spiritual. Every day. Instead of immediately picking up your phone and going to Facebook, Instagram, did I get a like? Okay. Instead, open up the YouVersion Bible app and let the first thing you do be to think on God's word. And just read a chapter and let your mind start to drift towards spiritual things. And then say a prayer first thing in the morning. Okay, if you have to go to the bathroom, do that first. Don't you know? Don't don't you, you do that. But then say a prayer, and it doesn't have to be an hour prayer. It can be, but it could be a two-minute prayer, and it could be a prayer that simply says something like, "God, thank you for this day. I know it's a gift from you. 
My gift is to give it back to you. Use me wherever you want. Help me to be sensitive to your spirit. God, let me see where you're working. Guide my words, guard my thoughts, create my actions to bring glory to you. God, I give you permission to interrupt me all through the day. Help me to see where you're working and I will join you. You pray that and guess what? You're gonna see nectar. You're gonna see good things. You're gonna see God working everywhere. Then on the way to work or when you're at the gym, rather than just listen to whatever regular music, listen to some spiritual Christian worship or listen to your favorite sermon message again and it's renewing your mind. And then when something good happens, instead of going, well dang, that was lucky, give God credit for it. Like God, you're so good. God, I can't believe you blessed me in this way. And then all of a sudden, you're gonna see God working everywhere when your boss chews you out instead of you like, wanting to flip your boss out, you know, you're like, oh, how can I pray for my boss? I wonder what she's going through. How can I make a difference in her life? Suddenly, you're going to see someone that's in need and thinking, rather than saying, oh, I don't have time for this, oh, God, maybe you're calling me to make a difference in their life. And then when God uses you, the forward spiritual momentum makes you more sensitive to where he wants to use you next. And suddenly, you have the power, truth, or trash. When your mind says something that's untrue, that's trash. I'm going to focus on what is true and it's going to transform my life because as a person thinks so he becomes your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts therefore i will take every thought captive and make it obedient to christ and i'll fix my thoughts on things that are pure and lovely and admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy i will think about such things so where do we go from here? How do we take this from something we just hear to something that becomes a part of who we are? Well, last week I challenged you to pray and seek God for one word that would direct your year. This week what I wanna do is ask you to prayerfully seek God for not one word, but instead one thought. One thought. One small thought that could result in a bigger change than you could ever imagine. Because it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. One thought that you will think again and again and again until your mind is renewed, the thought becomes truth in your heart and it changes the words you speak and the way that you live. If you wanna change the way you live, change the way you think. For me, 20 however many years ago, I had a thought that I had to learn to think. And over and over and over again, I told myself, God created me to help people far from God find new life in Christ. God ordained, equipped, and chose me to help people who are far from God find new life in Christ. God gave me everything I need to do everything he wanted me to do. And he wants me to help people who are far from God find new life in Christ. And that one thought changed the course of my destiny. Okay, this year God gave me a word, one that I didn't really like. I told you that. You know, I wanted like conquer and I got rest. Because uh, I'm like, oh, it's all spun up. And I think, I think God wants me to rest on the inside. So Hebrews 4 um, was the verse that I got. And it says that there's a special rest for God's people. The end of the verse says, let us do our best to enter that rest. So I have a thought this year that I'm going to think and think and think. I will do my best to enter his rest. I will do my best to enter God's rest. 
And so I must have thought that over 100 times this last week, and it's already changing the way I do things. When I normally would have put in an extra hour at the office, I thought, you know what? I've done enough for today. I'm going to go home and enjoy my family, and I'm going to rest. I work early in the morning when the kids are, I work late at night, and I thought, you know what? God's going to do what he wants to do with his message. I'm going to just put it to bed, and I'm going to rest. I'm going to do my best to enter his rest. So for you, I don't know what your thought will be, but one thought could change the course of your life. Uh, maybe your word is selfless. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Let, maybe your word is generous. Your, your thought might be, I am a generous person. You're, you're not yet, but you're becoming one. I am a generous person because I truly believe it's more blessed to give than to receive. You think that again and again, and guess what? You're going to become a generous person. You may be discouraged. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by his spirit. I don't know what it would be. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the words of my testimony. You've got a, a bad marriage and you find it difficult to love your husband. I love him with the love of Christ. I, I serve him with the love of Christ. You, you don't like, I'm, I love her like Christ loved the church. I serve her like Christ served the church. And you say it again and again and again. And it starts to change who you are. Because if you want to change your life, you start with changing by the way you think. Because your words, your thoughts create words. Words create actions. Actions create habits. Habits create a destiny. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Therefore, we will not copy the customs or behaviors of this world, but we will let God transform us by changing the way we think. Then we will know God's will for us, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. Because we do not fight with the weapons of this world. Our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. We take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ because we will fix our thoughts on that which is pure and admirable. If there is anything excellent or worthy of praise, we will think about such things and then the God of peace will be with us because as we think in our hearts, so we become. And other people may say, oh, but that's just a little thought. But we know the truth, that it's often the small things that no one sees that results in the big differences that everyone wants. And therefore, we will think on that which is true, and we will capture that which is trash, and we will let our thoughts bring glory to God, because when we think on the truth, we know that the truth will set us free. Father, we pray today that in your presence, God, that you would begin to renew our minds with truth, that you would give us all one thought, one small thought, that would help direct the course of our year and eventually, possibly even change our destiny. As you take a moment and pray at all of our different churches there, I just want to ask very simply, very clearly, very directly, how many of you will say, yes, I will seek God for one thought, I'll think it again and again and again, and I'll let this thought direct my year. All of our churches, if you agree to do that, would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them up high. Fantastic. I love seeing a church of responsive people wanting to glorify God. God, I thank you 
that we can hear from you and that your spirit can direct us in things like this that seem even so small. And God, we thank you that when our minds are fixed on you, that you begin to conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would speak to everyone, give us one specific thought, that this thought would change our words, therefore changing our actions, therefore creating new habits, that God ultimately would change our destiny. God, give us the power to recognize when we're believing Satan's lies, to capture those lies, to make them obedient to Christ, to focus on one truth that you put in our minds and let that truth change us to become who you want us to become. God, give us that one thought and may we glorify you with a focused thought life, thinking on that which is pleasing to you. As you keep praying today at all of our churches, um, nobody looking around, let me just tell you, I'm about to do what God created me to do. And that is to invite those of you who walked in without a vibrant living relationship with a God who created you to show you his love. Guess what? You have the opportunity to get to know him and to be made new. What's happening right now to, to hundreds of you at our different churches right now, you're feeling drawn to God. There's something that's drawing you to him, and you don't know what that is. Let me tell you what it is. That is the power of the Holy Spirit who is drawing you toward God, wanting to show you the love of God. And let me tell you what's going to happen. There could be a voice somewhere in the back of your mind that says, oh, this is stupid. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'd like to do this, but I've still got too many things I need to fix. Oh, I need to try harder first. I need to become more religious. Let me just tell you what, those are all lies. Jesus says, come exactly as you are. He says, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. He is knocking at the door of your heart and he simply wants you to invite him in. When you turn from your sin and you turn toward him, he will hear your prayer, forgive your sin, and make you brand new. All the old is gone and everything becomes new. He will fill you with his spirit so you will never be the same. And there are those of you who you came to church without him and guess what? You are leaving with him because you will be new, transformed, and sent out to glorify him in all that you do. And all of our churches, those of you who say, that's me. I know it. I can sense it. That's why I'm here. I am no longer going to live for me or my sin. I turn from it and I turn toward him. By faith today, I surrender my life to the Lordship of Christ. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high right now. All over the place. Lift them high. Leave them up. Leave them up. I want to find you. Both of you here in the middle section. You in the middle section. You in the middle section. You in the middle section. God bless you guys. Right up here and right here as well. Leave them up until I find you. I want to see you right back here. Both of you. One man right there. Sir right there. Way back over there. Over here in this section up close. Young man. God bless you. Way back here in the back. Others of you say yes. Me too. Back here in the back on this side. Right here. God bless you. Both of you together. Praise God for you. Sweetheart right here. Ma'am right Right here, young guy right here, others of you right back over here, I surrender, sir right here, right here, way back here in the back, God bless you guys, others of you, young man right here, God sees you, loves you right back over here, others call on him, call on him, let him transform you right here in the middle section, the Lord, his presence is here, he loves you as you are right up here in this section, would you all pray with those around you, pray aloud, Heavenly Father, I pray aloud everybody, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of all my sins. 
Make me brand new. I believe you died for me. And you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you, love you, follow you, live for you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church, you better stand to your feet right now. Glorify God. Get up and give God some praise because this is not normal. This is a move of God. This is something only our good God can do. We worship you, God. We thank you, God. We celebrate new life in Christ, God, because you are that good. Give him some praise. Give him some honor. Give him some love. Worship him, church. Worship him.